All right, well, good morning. My name is Chris, and we're so glad that you're here today. If you would, I'd like you to pull out uh, this little card that is our uh, Connect card. And if you could fill that out, that would be great. Or if you want to, you can go on the JAR app, and you can fill that out as well. And then when we are uh, at the end of the celebration, we'll uh, collect those. Also, uh, coming up in two weeks, I'm going to be teaching a class on baptism. And so if you've never been baptized before, um, I'd really encourage you to consider it. Now, you might be sitting there and going, oh, man, I, I don't have my stuff together. And, uh, you know, until I get my act together, there's no reason for me to get baptized. And this is what I just encourage you. Baptism is not the end point. It's actually the beginning point. So if you want God to be center of your life and you're willing to give your life to him and you want the blessings that come from him and the encouragement, I would strongly encourage you to get baptized. August 5th is when the class will start. And on the 19th uh, is when the baptism will take place out at Prairie Creek. So um, you can sign up on the app. Uh, if you want to, you can sign up at the resource table. But would strongly encourage you uh, to be a part of that. Well, a few years ago, a friend of mine uh, was building a brand new house, and he decided that he uh, wanted to give me a tour of the house. And uh, so he gives me this tour, and uh, there's a basement, regular, uh, the main floor, upstairs. He had a pole barn, he had a pond with a big uh, fountain in the middle of it. It was just an amazing piece of property, um, five acres and all, just, just amazing. And uh, one day then he invited uh, my wife and myself and our two girls uh, to go see his house. And uh, it was remarkable what he had done. And I'll never forget my two little girls were six and four. And they walked in and they saw this gigantic house and a pond and all kinds of stuff. And they looked and I remember Jordan grabbing me by the shirt and going, Dad, we need a house like this. And then I turned to her and said, we don't need a mortgage payment like this. You know, a real good learning, you know, uh, right there in the midst of that. And uh, so he built this house, and it was really cool, and we ate, and it was wonderful. And then a couple years ago, uh, I saw him again, and I said, uh, hey, how's the house? He's like, oh, it's great. He goes, you want to see something neat? I was like, yeah, sure. And so he pulled out his phone, and he said, look at this. And I could see on his phone the camera that went to his pond. And we were miles and miles away. He said, now check this out. And so he clicked another button, and uh, we could see the pond and what was going on there. And he started showing me all these different places. And he said, I can change the temperature up and down uh, in any room. I can change the lighting. And I'm looking at all this. He goes, I can monitor the whole thing. And I'm like, man, we're like on mission control right now, you know. It's like really cool. And then he said, check my kitchen out. And then he showed me his kitchen, and his wife was in there, and she was pouring herself a glass of wine. And I stopped in the middle of that, and I said, you know what? I bet she has to drink a lot to put up with you. <laughs> and he's, because he's very particular about all this stuff, you know. And so he has all of these monitoring devices that he's monitoring his house with that. And uh, later that day, we left, and I uh, wondered, does he put as much effort and energy into monitoring the health of his family as he does the house in which he stays in. And I thought, I, I hope he knows the condition of his wife's heart and the condition of his kid's heart as much as he knows the temperature of their basement. 
So I want to move away from uh, my friend's story, and I want to move to you for a second. And this is a question I want to ask you this morning. Do you really know the heart condition of every single person who's close to you that you call family? Do you know the inner working of the people that live in your house? Today, what I want to do is I want to go through kind of ten healthy kind of qualities that families have. We're in this series called Forward in Faith, and we've talked about going forward in faith in our worship, in our uh, individual spiritual discipline, Bible study, prayer, those kind of things. Hopefully last week you guys actually spent some time to read your Bible. And today what I want to talk about is this, that if we're going to go forward in our faith, we have to do it as a family too. And I realize that family units are different. For some of you, uh, you are married and you have a couple kids and that's the family, but that's not the only family. Some of you are a single parent and you're doing that right now and, and you've got a family that you're working with. For some of you, you're living together and you're kind of trying this out and your concept of family is that right now. For others of you, you actually, uh, you know, are single. You don't have any um, kids at all and that's where you're at. And so regardless of where you're at, I really think that the process that we go through with these ten qualities will be essential for you to know how to grow in a deeper way as a family. And some of these you're going to look at and you're like, man, we do that. We do that really good. And you should go, attaboy, girl, way to go. But this is my challenge to you on the front side. As we go through these ten things, I want you to be asking God, God, what is the one thing, and I pray that God would touch you this morning as families, that what is that one thing that I need to go after for the rest of the year? We're over halfway in this year, and so what are you going to do as a family going into that next part of the year? So let's jump in real quick. Here's the first one if you're going to have a quality of a healthy family that's needed to move forward, and it's this. Everyone feels treasured. Everyone feels treasured. Folks, when a family is functioning in the way that it should, mom, dad, kids, grandparents, everyone in the household feels treasured. There is this real sense that within the family, if you're moving forward, people are affirmed, there's approval, there's encouraging words, there's words of love. There's a sense that you're treasured just being a part of this family. Now, many of you know that I have two uh, children, uh, two girls. One is a tween right now, that is 11. And uh, any advice of those of you that have gone through this, please give it to me. I would love to have receive it because I need it. And then we have a nine-year-old. And uh, I was thinking this week that one day they're going to go off to college, and when they go to college, they're going to be in their dorm room one day, and they're going to be there by themselves, and they're going to be looking up either at the bunk of the person uh, that is their roommate, or they're going to be looking at the ceiling. And I pray that in that moment of quietness that they might actually really sense that we'll build a foundation for them enough that they would be able to say, I love the family I grew up in. I love the fact that we had conversations, we had loving words that were given, loving embraces, loving warnings, loving boundaries. There was loving support. Uh, my parents were parents that went to our soccer games and swim meets and ballet recitals and uh, plays. There was always help with homework or 
laundry or getting us food together. Uh, We had great sleepovers. We had awesome birthday parties. And when they're in college, I hope that they would think about their family in such a way that they would actually grow warmer in their heart and that their self-worth would actually be greater than many other people around because they were a part of a family where there was thankfulness to God and they were lifted up by their family. And when they felt alone, they would never totally feel alone because they would know that whether it's hundreds or thousands of miles that separated us from them, that there would be a real sense that they'd be like, my mom and dad, they got my back. They got my back. Folks, this is what I know. That if Jennifer and I get it right in these next few years, and we continue to treasure our girls, it's a greater likelihood that one day when they're sitting in college and they're looking up at their ceiling or at the bed of their roommate, they'll sense that. Now, what I talk about treasuring, though, what I'm not talking about is some syrupy, sugary, kind of dependent, controlling type of love that makes family members feel weak and vulnerable and trapped. This isn't a performance kind of achievement-based kind of love. It's not some uh, earning that you have to have to receive this love. It's just a healthy, life-giving love that is shared. I know parents who uh, do this all the time. I'll see them. They'll have like this, you know, three-minute handshake that they do with each other. Ho, ho, ha, ho, 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 boo, boo, yee, you know? Or they'll have like kisses that they do. Like like now, Jordan's like, Dad, we don't kiss on the lips anymore. Okay, that's cool, you know? She goes, right here. So last night we were getting ready to go to bed, and I was like, okay, I'll do that. And then uh, I turned my head real quick, so we had a lip kiss. And then she's like, Dad, I'm serious, no lip kisses. <laughs> so I'm working on it. I'm working on it. You know, my, my parents, this is just a side, this is for free. Um, my parents used to kiss me on the mouth all the time. And then when I became like 14, I'm like, don't do that ever again. And you know what? When I turned in my 40s, and I see how many issues that people have with their parents. I love the fact that we're able to kiss each other. You know, like it doesn't affect me at all. And so we're sharing that with them. But there's some kind of act of love that you can see when families really treasure each other that you're like, ah, man, I like that. I, I've shared this with you before, but when I put my girls to bed at night, uh, if I'm the one putting them to bed, I always ask them three questions. And usually I'll say, you know what? And they'll be like, what? And I'll go, I love you. And I'll say, you know what? And I'll say, what? And I'll say, you know what? You have a beautiful body. Now, I realize that Jordan's getting to the point where she's like, Dad, don't talk about my body anymore, all right? You know? I'm getting there, okay? And then the last one I always say is, you know what? And I'll say, what? And I'll say, you know, if I had to line up all the little girls in the world, I'd choose you number one. And uh, Jordan now, she's a tween, so when I do that one, she'll go, well, who's number one, me or Shiloh? Sonia, I need some help. Okay, I need, I need help. I need help. But you know what? This is why I've just decided I'm going to keep on doing that because I want them to feel a sense of being treasured. Folks, when treasuring goes on in families, it becomes an amazing foundation that everyone else can build upon. Now, at this point, some of you are sitting there right now and you're like, thanks, Bunch, for making me feel bad this morning. Because that's not going on in my family. That didn't happen in the family that I was raised in. 
you talk about all this stuff that you're doing, and maybe that happened, and that's great for you, but I feel really awkward doing this kind of stuff. Any kind of affection, it's awkward for me. Well, folks, let me be as blunt as I can. Just because it didn't happen to you and your family does not mean that you can't take whatever your family had and to place it at the foot of the cross and to say, God, would you teach me how to love the way that you love me so that I can love my family? You can do it. And God wants you to do it. And dads, big tough guys, all you dads out here, soon to be dads, or one day would be dads, and you're sitting there and you're just going to yourself, you're thinking out loud right now, but you'd never tell me to my face, but you're thinking to yourself, I'm just not that way. Guess what? Get that way. You get that way. There is nothing that you could do to treasure your kids more than as a male to know how to give words of affection and appreciation and affirmation and love to them. So get over it, guys. And I'm telling you, if you'll start doing it, and sometimes you're like, well, I wasn't raised in a family like that. I get it. My wife Jennifer was not raised in a family in which there were tons of treasuring that took place, not tons of affirmation and affection that was given. And so when our girls were born, it was kind of one of those things that she struggled with, like how to do that. And she's told me that one of the things she's worked on over the years is that when she's getting ready to get home, she'll say, God, help me right now to show love to Jordan, that when I walk in the door, that I would say, Jordan, I love you. It's very easy for me because I was raised in a family like that, but she wasn't. And it's not her parents' fault. They weren't raised in families like that. They had none of that growing up. But Jen just said, you know what, when I, when I walk into my family, I want to be able to be practicing already that when I walk in, I'm going to say, Shiloh, I'm so proud of you. Shiloh's a kid that needs a little bit more affirmation than what Jordan does. And so Jen will be like, you know what? I'm going to say I'm so proud of you. You're such an amazing little girl. And you force yourself to know how to say these kinds of things. Folks, I'm telling you, having feelings about that is not enough. You've got to share words. Words are what? is most important. And you don't just say it once or twice. You say it again and again and again and again. And this is my question for you. Is that happening in your family? Is that happening in your family? Next thing, open communication. Uh, This is no surprise to you. You've read the research. Uh, They say all the time that uh, when there's great communication within a family, that it's the healthiest. It might be modeled by a mom and dad in that kind of family. It might be modeled between a single mom and kids or uh, between the single mom and the ex. Like the way that you treat your ex really is important. They see that. Uh, The way that uh, that happens between a single dad and that, whatever that is. But when there's a sense that you can communicate without having to draw blood, ah, vampire world, That if you can do that, there's a likelihood, there's more of a likelihood that your kids are going to be those kind of communicators. And it bodes so well for the family when that happens. Several months ago, I was carpool dad, and so I was picking up uh, some of our uh, kids' friends, 
And the little girl got into the car, and you could just tell she was just overwhelmed and stressed out. And I said, hey, what, what's going on? She goes, oh, I did something really, really bad. I said, well, what what'd you do? And they said, well, uh, a friend of mine on the bus was selling candy bars, and it's a kid that no one ever kind of talks to very much. And I wanted to reach out, so I went ahead and said I would buy a candy bar from them, but I didn't have any money, so I told them they could come to my house. But my mom told me that I could not sell or I could not let anyone into the house. And this kid came, and I let them in, and they came in the house, and I'm, I know I'm going to be in trouble. And I was like, well, I said, I understand what you did. And I said, I bet your, your mom would understand that. And then she said this, no way. Mom would never understand that. And there is no doubt about it because I've tried to share these kind of things before and she just gets mad and she yells at me and puts me down. Folks, this is what I want you to know. Kids are dying for open communication. I see it all the time. They'll come to me and they'll tell me things and I'll be like, oh man, and they want to listen. They just want someone to listen to them and they'll come and, and they'll say, hey, can I talk to you? And, and I'll say, well, can't you talk to your parents? No, 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 I tried that. Folks, communication is a really big deal. And some of you will say, well, I came from a family where we just didn't communicate very good. We just, we just didn't do that very well. Well, guess what? You get a chance to improve now. You don't have to carry on a broken baton of bad communication to the next. And if you're grandparents and you're like, well, I kind of messed it up with my kids, well, guess what? You get a new start to do it with your grandkids. Learn how to do it in a way that is healthy. And this is the way you do it. Sometimes you have to just pick a time where we're going to communicate better. Early on, we weren't doing this very well as a family. And so we decided that at the dinner table, everyone would go around and say one thing that they liked about each other. I got it from Tony Dungy. And everyone would do that, and we'd just do that constantly because we want to learn how to get better at communication. Now, other people will say, well, I do better like right before they go to bed, or maybe it's on a Saturday. But this is what you have to do. You have to turn off the TV, and you have to take the phones. Woo! Oh, Lord, have mercy. you got to take your phones and shut them off. Shut them off. Some of you are about ready to walk out right now, aren't you? I'm saying that because some of you are on your phones right now. So, you know, just go ahead, you know, be honest, shut them off. There you go, okay? But you've got to put them aside so that you can learn to figure out how to communicate as a family. Here's a third sign of a healthy, forward-moving family. One that affirms the uniqueness of everyone in the family. One that affirms the uniqueness of everyone in the family. You ever find it that God must have had a sense of humor when he put your family together? Believe me, I know some of your families. He, he had a good sense of humor, okay? And the same truth with mine. Like, Jen and I and the girls together, I was just thinking about it. Like, sometimes we'll say, hey, we want to go out to eat. And you think that's an easy thing, and this is what happens almost every single time. Hey, we're going to go out to eat. Jordan wants Mexican, Shiloh wants noodles and company, Jen wants nutritional, and I want cheap. <laughs> and so sometimes we're just like, well, we shouldn't even go out to eat. What we should actually do is we'll just stay home, you know, and I guess we'll watch a television show, and then that doesn't work. 
Jordan wants to watch a movie on Amazon. Shiloh wants to watch Disney. Jen wants to watch HGTV, and I want to watch ESPN. And pretty soon I look at our family, I'm like, dude, we can't do anything. Everybody go to your four corners and come back out later, you know? And then I remembered this scripture that says this. We are each fearfully and wonderfully made. That every single one in your family is not an accident. They are unique and they are a creation of the Most High God. And God is clear in the Bible that He treasures the uniqueness of all of us. Folks, just remember that in families, this is very important, that in your family there should never be a black sheep. There should never be any partiality. There should never be treasuring one child over another child because they're more like you or they're less like you. One of the things that I've had to learn, to be quite honest, I'm not big into ballet, okay? Don't tell shy, okay? But I'm not. But over time, I've learned to, like, figure it out and, you know, like, hey, this is, and then she'll do these different positions and I'll try to do it. And then I, like, pull muscles and I'm like, hey, you know, it's hard stuff. And you have to learn it because, folks, the the reality is you're not trying to crank out someone that looks just like dad. You're not trying to crank out someone that just looks like mom or grandma or grandpa. You're trying to create someone who has a uniqueness and that they know that they're created in the image of God. Here's another quality for a high-functioning family. Everyone in the family feels safe. Everyone in the family feels safe. This is where the uh, family just kind of makes a vow to never shame, abuse, or intimidate each other. A healthy family realizes that there are some violations that should never take place because they'll damage people around in the family. That some things should just be totally outlawed. There are just certain things that we're never, ever, ever, ever going to do in this family. Now, for the next couple of minutes, I'm going to be as straightforward as I can. It may be a little bit uncomfortable, and I have a feeling it will be quiet. In my opinion, the most deeply wounded people are not the people who get mugged, are not the people who get beat up in an alley, are not the people who are on the front row of the horrors of war. All those things are terrible. They're horrible. But the worst kind of damage that wounds people more than anything else is when one family member damages the heart or soul or body of another. Folks, when a child is vulnerable and they're looking for affirmation and support from grandma or grandpa or mom or dad, and they get this look of disgust, and there's a rolling of the aisles, eyes and uh, a nonverbal that basically says, you're a stupid kid. Why you just said was dumb. When a kid is seeking for tender words and affirmation, and his mom or dad instead just starts ragging on them and, and yelling at them and going off on them, it damages their soul. I'll never forget, we were at the uh, Fort Wayne Zoo, and there was a little kid that was in the uh, water fountain. They're, you know, they're pushing it. They're, they're 
putting water over. It wasn't hurting anybody. It was real hot. We're just kind of doing this. When all of a sudden the dad came behind and just started yelling at him, you stupid kid, why are you doing it? Grabs him by the arm and starts taking him right out into the parking lot. You think his soul got damaged that day? Yeah. Sometimes the kid's running through the house. He's not causing any trouble, just running through the house. He gets slapped in the face or worse, a fist to the jaw. A parent loses their temper and takes a swing at a kid, cold cocks the kid straight to the floor. What does that do to the soul of a child? I'm going to say it as carefully as I can. That is never right. It's never right. It's never right. It's never right. It should not happen in any family, and it especially should not happen to any family that's here in the jar. And I just want to say that if you want to win the prize of shattering the soul of your kid, if you want to win that prize to shatter the soul of your kid, then do something physically or sexually to them, and it'll destroy them. It will. And I just want to say, to, say this to you, that if any of that's happening in your family, get some help. Say today, God, I want to stop this madness. I want to stop and get some help. And if you need some help, we're here to do that. Call the church office. We want to help you get connected somehow. Healthy families just finally say, I will never strike someone else in anger. I will not lose my anger that way. I'm not going to intimidate. I'm not going to bully. I'm not going to shame a kid, make a kid feel so shameful, and then bring it up every month or every other month or next year. Oh, remember when you did this? I mean, folks, if your kids step out of line, yeah, you need to discipline them. We're going to have to have some tough love that we're going to have to do sometimes. There's going to have to be hard boundaries that we have to set. But you should never have to feel like, oh, I'm going to get hit. Next thing, common faith. Common faith. Even secular writers right now are actually coming out and they're saying, you know what? The healthiest families are those who have a moral compass where everybody in the family agrees this is what is right and this is what is wrong. Now, of course, the Bible teaches it cover to cover about the importance of a shared faith. A key scripture of this is in Deuteronomy chapter 6. It says this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Folks, when God is at the center of your family, you talk about it. He comes up in conversations. He comes up within your family system. I mean, there's a big difference, folks, between a family that comes to church on Sunday and a family that makes God the center of their life throughout the week. Huge difference. It makes all the difference of the world, but I'm telling you, when you put God first within the family, and you might say, well, I don't pray, I don't read the Bible, I don't know. Well, get over it. 
start doing? Well, my kids are going to laugh at me. Guess what? They're already laughing at you. They laugh at you all the time. Just add one more thing, you know. So let me ask you, what kind of family are you building? Now, many times when I'm talking to folks, they'll say something like this. It sounds really good. Well, we're not going to force anything on our kids. We're just going to let them choose whatever they want to be. And when you first hear that, you think, well, yeah, that sounds good. That's, that's an interesting theory. But this is the thing. It just never works. Because what happens is, dad gets divorced, and then dad starts bringing home little hottie, and then little Joey's not little Joe anymore. He's big Joe, and he thinks, well, I'm going to bring home a little hottie myself. And then all of a sudden, he brings the little hottie in and says, hey, we're going to be here together. And then the dad's like, no, 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 you can't do that in my household. Dad, you're doing it. Or uh, we get girlfriends and we start gossiping. We're talking about everyone and how horrible this is and that is and that is. And then all of a sudden, you hear your daughter doing that. And you're like, whoa, hey, we don't gossip in this house. It's like, mom, I just heard you just rip on everybody. And see, that's why common faith is so important because then all of a sudden it's equal across the board. Families need to be on the same spiritual page. To be quite honest, I'm so glad that, at least for now, our family is. Last week I get a phone call. It comes up on my phone. It's from my wife. And so I pick it up and I'm like, hey, baby. And then all of a sudden I hear this high-pitched voice. Hi, Daddy. Hi, Daddy. What's going on? He's like, it's Jordan. And uh, I guess Jordan had told her mom, said, hey, I want to call dad. And I was like, oh, okay. And so, hey, what's up, sis? And she said, well, dad, you know, we've been praying for those, that soccer team in Thailand, all those little kids that they would get out of their safe. I'm like, yeah. She goes, they all got out, dad. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm I'm really glad glad to hear that. And then she said this. She goes, Dad, when you left this morning, I felt like you were stressed. And I just wondered, can I pray for you? And it was the first time in her entire life that she picked up a phone to pray for her dad. And I wrote it down because I wanted to... uh, Remember that day. And this is what she prayed. God be with Daddy. He has a lot of important stuff that he does. He has meetings and he tries to help people know you better. God, would you take my daddy's stress away and let him know you got this. In Jesus' name, amen. And then all of a sudden she says, Mom, I think I made him cry. (laughs) And I said, no, you didn't. I'm a tough guy. I'll tell you what. I was so grateful that we had a common faith on that day. You know why? Because an 11-year-old knew that I was stressed out and anxious about some stuff. And she knew 
that he needed some prayer. Here's another one that's very important. Respect for others. Respect for others. Respect for one another is like essential in any family system. In fact, that's why Jesus actually said, hey, I'm not just going to give you any kind of respect rule. I'm going to give you the golden rule of respect. And it'll come up on the side screen. Jesus said these words. Let's say it out loud together. Everybody in one voice. So in everything... Do to others what you would have them do to you. Folks, children are taught to be bullies. Children are taught to be prejudiced. Children are taught to hate. But they can be taught the other way as well. They can be taught to respect all authority. They can be taught to be patient with others. They can be taught to Be kind and loving to everyone regardless of their race or their accent. And they can be taught to love all people. Folks, when families get tuned into this, every once in a while, mom or dad or grandma or grandpa just say, Hey kids, in this home, we will never ever put somebody down because of the color of their skin or what their accent is. Not matter how big they are, how tiny they are, how tall they are, how many zits they have on their face, whatever it is, in this household, we respect one another and we will not do that. And when you root out disrespect in the family, it is maybe the greatest gift that you'll ever give to your kids. Next thing, responsibility. Healthy families instill a sense of responsibility. Recently, I was talking uh, to a guy who uh, manages a call center of about uh, 300 different people. And uh, he was telling me that most of them typically are straight out of high school. And uh, he said that uh, when we manage them, one of the things we've had to do is because they don't show up on time, that if they show up on time for 30 days, we give them a raise. And I was shocked. I was like, what? Just to like be there to work, you got to give them more money? He's like, yeah. He said, you wouldn't believe it. He said, and there's some other things we've had to teach them too. Like if they're sick, we've had to teach them that they have to actually pick up the phone and call somebody else to tell them they're sick. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. And then he said, we had, we had to teach them too that like the stuff that was on their desk, like a stapler, that it wasn't theirs. We had to get rid of staplers because they were taking the stapler. So we had to tell them, that's not your stuff. And I was shocked by all of this. I'm like, seriously. And when I left from the time that I was connecting with him, I started thinking to myself, that should have been taught in the family. Well, like, You shouldn't have waited until then. It should have been taught in the family. I mean, if you assign a chore to your kid or your grandkid, and I'm going to get on the grandparents because you assign chores and you don't do anything. So, But if you assign something to them and they don't do it, don't follow behind little Joey or little Jill and clean it all up for them. Go, it's all right, honey. We love you. No. Get that kid up and let them do that. Last week, my girls, they wanted to make little crafts for some of their friends. And so they made these crafts and they were going to take it to them. 
And Jen told him, it's fine, you can do that, but when you're all done, you have to clean it up. Well, they did it all, didn't clean it up. They come back uh, from delivering all of these, and they're like, Mom, it's summer, like, we need a break, we'll get to it. And they start watching TV and watching movies. Then we ate, we're doing all this. It's 1030 at night, finally. They're tired, they're worn out, and this is what Jen said. You all ain't doing nothing until you clean this up right here. And you would have thought that we had sent them to a concentration camp. (laughs) That they had to get their toothbrushes and like go everywhere and scrub it all and get everything clean. You know how long it took them to clean it up? Five minutes. Five minutes. They were mad. And you know, I was so excited. I was like cheering Jen. I'm like, way to go, Jen. Way to go. I appreciate it. You know, you're an awesome girl. Way to do it. And why? Because they got the value that we expect responsibility in this household. And we can improve, but we expect it. Next thing, play. Healthy families play together. Healthy families play together. Research shows that stress, personality struggles, arguments, they hit every family. The Bunch family, any other family here, we all have arguments. We all have things that we go off on with each other. We're not nice. We're not kind sometimes. But this is what they found, that if play is a regular part of your family dynamic, it can help people through tough times in a family. I mean, it's important for parents and kids and grandparents to get together and figure out what is it we're going to do to create play. Let's figure it out. Maybe it's a fun activity, a fun night, a fun day, a fun vacation, something that we all get together to simply go and have fun. The families that I love the most are the ones that I see playing together. For example, there's a family in our church and friends of ours, and uh, they love to go camping. I have no idea why they like to do that. It's just pain to me to think about that. But we get a picture yesterday. It was raining. I mean, it was pouring down there like in this tent. And they have an electric grill and they're making hamburgers. And the dad looks all beshoveled. And, I mean, it just looks horrible. But they're like, having fun camping. I'm like, oh, man, I'm so glad I'm not there, you know. <laughs> Our family, we like to ride bikes. So two nights a week, typically, we go out for 15 or 20 minutes. That's it. We ride around. Some families like to take walks, have a board game night. And the thing is, folks, when you play together, when the rough stuff comes and you get some bumps and bruises that happen, all of a sudden they heal a little bit easier because you're playing together. Next thing, traditions. Traditions. They're very, very important for you to establish. And if you're like, well, we just didn't do that. Well, if you're a grandparent now, establish them. Do some stuff. Folks, there are certain traditions and rituals that just create a sense of certainty and security that, wow, our family celebrates some stuff. Traditions, they create belongingness. For example, uh, growing up as a kid, to be quite honest, in our family, birthdays were not a big deal. Usually my mom was kind of like, yeah, let's put it all together and hope someone comes, you know? Now, when I married Jennifer, it was like birthdays clashed because in her family, they had huge birthdays with all kinds of stuff. And there was like this battle going on between Jen and I because I'm like, why are we spending all this money? 
And in our, uh, for the, when the girls both turned one, we got big tents. We had a band play. We had food. We had all kinds of stuff. I'm like, what is going on, you know? And now when we celebrate their birthdays, I'm the one usually going, come on, we've got to do something more because it's a special day. And for some of you, maybe that's not what you have, but you could do that now. Every year we decorate the Christmas tree, and I pick one of them up, and they get to put the angel on it. And so Jordan's like too big now, and this year I'm like going, oh, God, please let the tree not go down. You know, I'm like holding her up to get her up there. Uh, Easter, we always have an Easter egg hunt at my parents' house. They love to do it. We do that. A couple things we started the last couple years. The week before Easter, we read the whole Easter story as a family. And on Thursday, we actually get down and we wash each other's feet. And the girls are like so into it. They, they ask about it. And we, we're showing and we're modeling. We want this to be a servant home where we serve one another. Fourth of July. We don't do anything on the fourth because we come to the picnic for the church. But on July 3rd, we always do this. We get all of our uh, bottle rockets and, you know, all kinds of fireworks. We go into the middle of the cul-de-sac where there's a sewer. Like, what do they call that thing? Help me. I just lost it. Manhole. Thank you. So there's like this. And we shoot them off right there. Like, our, our, our neighborhood's going to blow up one day. I mean, but we all do that. We get these little lawn chairs, and Jen makes these famous chocolate milkshakes and we get there and everyone gets a chance to like light everything up and this year i'm like hey girls i'm gonna let you do it and they lit it up and the cops came (laughs) no i'm not joking they didn't come but they might one day they might you know folks some of those things may not be anything you're like those things are stupid we're not gonna that's fine pick something that is yours though and make it a tradition last one seek help Healthy families that are going forward, they know when to seek help. An old Chinese uh, proverb says this. Nobody's family can honestly hang a sign on their front porch that says, nothing's the matter here. Folks, there is something the matter in every family in this gym. There is no such thing as a perfect family, a family that has it all together. So the real question is, will you acknowledge what the matter is in your family? I've shared this with you many times before. Jen and I, throughout our marriage, we have gone to marital counseling. Uh, Rarely does a year go by that we don't do something because we want to get better. And you might say, well, man, you're, you're kind of weak. Your marriage must not. No, actually, I think it's strong. Tomorrow we'll celebrate 24 years of marriage, Jennifer and I will, okay? And I say that because sometimes when it comes to counseling, people are like, oh, that must be a a sign of weakness. It's not, folks. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength, that there's something in my world that I need help with. And so if your family's stuck in some way, get some help. Call a Christian counselor. Call us at the church office. We'll get you plugged in with a counselor. And you can do that. Well, I hate to say it, but uh, this is either going to be a great joy or some of you are going to be really saddened. School is starting in a couple weeks. Okay? Now, for some of you parents, you're like, hallelujah, I'm ready. Other parents, you're like, oh, man, I'm going to miss the kids. Okay? You're probably on medication. But anyways, yeah. (laughs) So here's the thing. 
Your kids, within that first week or so, you're going to get some homework. They're going to bring homework home. And I simply have one homework assignment for you. And this is where the rubber actually meets the road. Are you going to get better at a family or not? And it's this. I'd like you to take 10 or 15 minutes sometime this week, anytime this week, and that you would simply ask this question after you've looked at these 10 qualities. This one question, which is this. What one quality do I most need to go after to move my family forward? Out of these 10 things, what is one? Now, some of you are perfectionists and you're like, well, I've already got my top three that we're going to work on. No, no, no. Just pick one. One that you're going to go after as much as you can so that God can work in your family. Because this is the truth, folks. This is what I really believe. That God can still And that if we choose to go forward in our faith as a family, God can change it. This is what I'd encourage you today. If the family that you grew up in or maybe what you raised, if the baton was broken, you don't have to pass a broken baton on to the next generation. You can actually do something brand new to be able to change it for what's going forward. And with the help of God, lying, addictions, deception, affairs, all those things can change and you can become a healthier family. And this is what I hope and pray. I hope and pray that you guys still believe that God can do the impossible. That he can take whatever brokenness there might be in your family and he can actually take the most dysfunctional family and create healing in it if you'll offer it up to him. Let's pray. God, as we uh, go forward in this next chapter of the jar to chapter 2, if we forget the importance of families, whether it's a mom and dad or a single dad or a single mom, just a single person that's trying to deal with their own family dynamics, if we ignore that, nothing else really matters. I know you care about every single family that's here. And some of the best moments that we've ever had in our lives has been around our family. And God, we thank you for that. And I thank you for the families that are gathered here. But the truth is, God, that there are some of the greatest pains that we'll ever experience too happens with our family as well. And so God, I pray that you would redeem the pain that might be in families that are here today. That everyone who's heard this teaching today would be able to be a healing agent within their family. That we would be able to be the type of person who's the first one to say I'm sorry to walk across the room to build a bridge and to pull together and to move forward in our faith as a family. I pray you would do this for your honor and so that your name would be made great. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. 
If you uh, would like to accept Christ today and you just want a closer relationship with him, we want to come alongside you in that. And there's a spot on the back of your Connect card for you to check. And then, um, is that Scotty back there? It's Scotty. I guess I need glasses. Uh, <laughs> it's Scotty back there. She would love to, uh, she has a gift for you. She has a Bible for you. She would love to pray with you and help you begin that journey. So if that if that's uh, where your heart is today, then we just invite you to check that box and then go meet with Scotty. Um, the Connect card is in your program today, and so we just invite you to take that out, finish filling it out, um, put your information down, and then if there's anything that you'd like for us to pray for, you can put that on the back, and in a moment, the greeters are going to come forward, and this ba- this will go in that bag um, at, as the offering comes by. So speaking of offering, if uh, you're new to the Jardin greeters, you can go ahead and come on. Um, if you're new to the jars, then we're just really interested in getting to know you. So you can um, be rest assured in that we're not interested in your money. But if you call the jar your church home, then we just ask that you would pray and see what God leads you to give. Because he is so generous to us that this is our opportunity to be generous to him and to his kingdom and to give back. So uh, why don't you join me and pray for our offering today. God, we thank you so much for this opportunity that you've given us to meet. And we thank you for teaching us about how to have a family that is centered on you and that moves forward in our faith. And so, God, we just ask that you would solidify those teachings on our heart, that we might go forward this this week in our faith and in our family um, so that we would grow in you. God, we just ask that you bless this offering now, that you would multiply it, that you would give us wisdom to know how to use it best to impact others because we really do desire to be a church that serves your people and serves you and is light and life to others. And so we just ask a special blessing on this and on the hearts of each giver. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If this is your first Sunday or if you've been coming for a few weeks and you haven't had a chance to do so, we just want to say welcome. We're so glad that you're here. And we have a free gift for you. So there will be someone back at the guest connection table, which is on my right, um, all the way uh, to the right of the gym on your way out. You can just stop by. It's a free gift. There's no strings attached whatsoever. We just want to say that we're glad that you're here. There's lots of things always happening at the JAR, so check out your app. You can download that app. It's very easy. There's a QR code on the front of your program, or you can go um, to the App Store or Google Play, download the app. You can check out different things that are happening. You can give on the app. There's lots of ways that you can get connected through the app. If you have any questions, too, you can also stop by the resource table, uh, which is also to my right. But I want to highlight a few things that are going on um, this coming week. Uh, First of all, we are amped up. We are so amped up about our kids camp. And that starts tonight. It's crazy. It starts tonight. 6 to 8.30 from three-year-olds who are potty trained all the way up through fifth grade. It's a really fun evening for the kids to come. 6 to 8.30. If you want to help, your help would be welcome. Um, But also if you uh, just want to bring kids, your neighbor kids, anyone, you don't have to have pre-registered, so don't worry about that. You can register when you get here tonight. So it's tonight through Thursday night from 6 to 8.30. And then on Friday, there's going to be a family fun night to kind of close everything out. So the whole family is welcome. 
that's going to be from 6 to 8. Again, here at the Y, there's going to be inflatables. There's going to be the opportunity to swim. There's going to be some folks to uh, answer questions about the parenting connection. There's just tons of stuff that's happening. There's also going to be a free drawing for backpacks with school supplies in them and things like that. So you will not want to miss Family Fun Night. And I do want to emphasize that even if you're not able to attend every night of Kids Camp, that's okay. You can come whichever nights you're available. And even if you weren't able to attend Kids Camp at all, you can still come to Family Fun Night on Friday night here at the Y. Um, There is baptism class. I think Chris mentioned that at the beginning. So baptism class on the 5th and the 12th immediately following the second celebration, if uh, baptism is something that you're interested in, it's an outward expression of an inward commitment. And again, you don't have to have everything all together. Um, it's just a way to say, you know what, I want to make this next step to grow closer to you, God. So if that's something that you're interested in, then please attend the baptism classes on the 5th and the 12th right after the second celebration. You can sign up on the app or you can go to the resource table if you have any questions. And then I want to remind you, next Sunday is Bike Fest. And so they have a ton of different bike uh, events through the whole weekend. But it's going to affect us in the fact that Mulberry Street will be closed uh, during the time of our celebrations. So you won't be able to access the Y through Mulberry Street. You'll have to come down Jefferson. There's a handy little map in your program. So you can pull that out, put it on your fridge or whatever, take a picture of it with your phone so that you have an idea of um, how to get here next Sunday. Okay? All right. And at this time, I'm going to invite the prayer team to come forward. uh, And if there's anything going on in your life or your heart that you'd like for them to pray for today, then please feel free to come up and meet with them after the celebration. Okay, let's stand. So this week, I just want you to take 10 or 15 minutes sometime during the week where you would look at these 10 different items of a healthy, quality family and pick one of them that you're going to go after. And let's see as uh, truly uh, families are changed and we go forward in faith uh, here in the jar. So um, kids camp tonight, make sure you invite people, bring people, uh, pick people up. And uh, if you would, it would be great if you picked up your chair and you went that way to help us out. Have a great week. Know that you're loved in this place. Thanks, everybody.